Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I am the lead pastor. And today we're wrapping up our series, Games Families Play. We've been talking about dynamics, how to relate in the right way, how to even discover some of the dysfunction that all of us experience in our relationships. Uh, This is not just about family life, although we've been focused there. It's also about our relationships within uh, the people that we live with. If we have roommates, our relationships with our friends and our neighbors, Uh, the principles in the church, our church family, are related to our family that we are born into, which are related to all of our other relationships. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, the kind of idea of, of circles. There's lots of circles of relationships, of how we cross and uh, relate to each other in all these different spheres. Uh, along the way, though, in these circles, we can kind of play um, the wrong roles. And we talked about that a little bit last week. But these circles, uh, the relationships that we have, the way uh, that we have boundaries and the way that we relate and treat each other, all of these uh, really impact our life. And so in this series, we're talking about kind of pulling back the curtain of why we do the things that we do in our relationships. And we're calling them games because sometimes they're just games that aren't helpful. Uh, They're hurtful and they they really do uh, impact uh, the quality of our life. Uh, They impact our relationship with with God. And so we're looking at, okay, God, we need your help. We need your guidance. Uh, How do we move uh, forward? And so uh, we've been looking at the literal games each week. We've been taking a look at Clue and Charades. And today I want to focus on the game of life. Uh, This game is uh, an interesting game. We actually own this game as a family and we have played this many times. And the goal of family life is to kind of uh, move forward and progress and get a job and you get a career and you choose like, okay, this career takes you this way, this career takes you this way based on the amount of money you have, the number of kids you can get, and then you kind of get around the board and then you, you enjoy retirement, you have your house, and you pay a certain amount of money to, to achieve it. And then the game's over. Uh, in a game like life, um, it reflects a slice of life, but obviously that's not how life works. It's much more complicated. There's many more twists and turns and obstacles and problems. Why? Because we're dealing with each other and humans and the problems that we all have within us. And so today we're going to talk about how do we deal with that hard stuff and then look to the scriptures again for God's help. Based on what we see, based on what we've experienced, how do we look to God's word to guide us forward? And that is the the basis of everything we should do in life if you're a Christ follower. It's also the basis of what we should be doing at Ridgeview Church. And so I hope over the course of this series, it's been an encouragement uh, to you. And just like I've done every week of this series, I've invited two guests to share with us. And these are actual mentors of mine that have helped me uh, in my life. Uh, I met them when I was a college student at California Baptist University. Uh, The first is uh, Nathan Lewis. He was a professor of mine, and he deals a lot with uh, family, life, marriage and family. He's a professor Uh, at California Baptist University still. And uh, my other mentor that really has guided me and helped me for so many years is Randy Lanthrop. And uh, Church in the Valley is our sending church, and they uh, did this series um, about a month ago. And Nathan is sharing uh, lots of principles of the things that he's seen as he is related uh, to uh, families, and then also the things that he knows just based on Scripture. And so today he's going to share a little bit more about these family circles and the boundaries and how problems can arise. So tune in and let's watch this together. Thanks again, Nathan, for being with us uh, by video. 
And I just like to ask you, can you lay out the spectrum of family circles for us? Yeah, and I think by circles you mean the the, the degree of closeness that people feel yes. to each other within the family. And uh, one of the words that we use for that is boundaries. So, you know, where one person begins, the other one, one person's uh, in, the other one begins. So um, it has to do with the level of independence versus dependency and interdependency. And we call that closeness. <clears throat> so the degree of closeness. And so with um, um, unhealthy families, there are extremes in closeness. Mm. And there's two, two major extremes. Uh, one is uh, they are people are, are emotionally, physically, um, relationally disengaged from each other. Uh-huh. So there are families that, that are like that, and that is have, they have little closeness. There's very little loyalty that is mm-hmm. demanded toward the family and each other, a very high degree of independence of each of the members. But the other extreme is just the opposite, and that is enmeshed, and it it is what it sounds like. They're just meshed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to know where one person ends, the other one begins. Ah. There's very, very high degree of closeness, uh, very high loyalty is demanded toward the family and mm-hmm. each other. There's there's a high dependency on the family, and there's no independence that is allowed at all. Mm. And so in with an enmeshed family, it, the, one of the analogies... Okay that we use to describe that as split pea soup. <laughs> so wow. in split pea soup, there are, it's made by individual peas, <laughs> yeah. but they're meshed. Mm. And so you don't know where one ends. It's just, it's the soup and it's all meshed together. And the relationships in, in, in a meshed family is like that. People, people, um, that becomes the homeostasis for the family, the temperature, if you will. And any independence, any attempt at doing anything other than with the family is considered disloyalty. Family comes first over everything because the family identity is extremely important. That's the opposite of disengaged where the family identity is not important. Yeah, you're just free for all. And then there there are healthy (laughs) in-betweens. So it's not, there's not a middle, it's... uh, so moving closer away from the disengaged is the separated. Mm-hmm. So that's a healthy um, level of closeness. It's low to moderate closeness. There's some loyalty toward the family, but there's an interdependence mm-hmm. of the family members, and they develop an individual identity apart from the family, which is a good thing. Yeah. And then moving further toward the enmeshed, but still in the middle is connected this is moderate to high closeness. Um, there is a higher loyalty, but not an absolute loyalty mm-hmm. that is demanded. And like with separated, there is there's a healthy interdependence that is there. Um, Great. But with those uh, middle ones, there's there's a range there that, that that's considered healthy, which allows for just different <laughs> kinds of families. So yeah, that's great. So I have a. My second question is kind of a two-part question, but what is the optical, optimal optimal kind of circle to live in? 
for well, the family? Yeah, I think it, it, first of all, it depends on the perspective that you have on family life and the understanding uh, that um, it, it really, the, the whole purpose of a family and parenting, if you will, is to, for parents to work themselves out of a job. So right. to raise kids <laughs> who themselves become um, somewhat independent to start a family of their own, which, which is going to require them to formulate their own identity and convictions and all of that, which is more difficult to do when absolute loyalty is demanded toward mm -hmm. the family. At where they they do they need to launch and they need to separate from the family. So the optimal level is the appropriate connection to the family uh, and responsibility toward the family, while uh, um, slowly growing toward uh, an independence from the family mm -hmm. and a, and and a maturity that allows them to separate in a healthy way from the family. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Perfect sense. So not independent, not highly independent, not high dependent, mm -hmm. but you're somewhere in between. Yes. <laughs> Appropriately in between. So here's my next question. How, how does the optimal kind of circle that families live within, bless the kids in it, help them develop and grow in responsibility? Well, it really has to do with their identity and their identity uh, being their own, if you will, as, mm -hmm. as particularly in relationship to God, mm -hmm. where the, they, they need to transfer their loyalties from the family to God. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that allows them to to grow, but also they need to understand that they have a responsibility to the family while mm -hmm. they are part of the family as a responsible mm -hmm. member. So the parents allowing them to um, to be uh, to contribute to the family as mm -hmm. they are growing older and can take on more responsibility, but at the same time um, helping them grow to be adults. And with the expectation that they are going to separate from the family yeah. at some point, and uh, and that the parents need to be willing to let go, yeah, <laughs> even right. even begin to yeah. let go early early on in their teens, yeah, so that it's not you know letting go as soon as they leave, <laughs> yeah, but there's a there is a a shift in the relationship that the parents have toward the kids where they um, it, it's gradually becoming more and more of an adult to adult relationship. Yeah. Now they'll always be the parents, mm -hmm. but, but they are uh, shifting that to uh, relating to their kids as adults yeah. who, who really don't answer to them anymore mm -hmm. and don't owe, owe a, an absolute loyalty to the family. That's really hard for some parents. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. That makes sense. So what is your advice for parents who want to create an appropriate level of connection in their family circle <clears throat> or closeness? I guess <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I think the first thing they have to do <clears throat> is realize that, that their, their um, role as parents really is to grow and mature their kids, not mm -hmm. to keep them connected to the family. 
Yeah. So their identity, they're growing in identity, helping their kids grow in identity that's not their last name. Mm-hmm. It really is their relationship to God. Mm-hmm. And that um, they want their kids to want to stay connected to the family after they leave. Mm-hmm. Because the two extremes in closeness will will result in adult kids that don't want to be connected to the family. Mm-hmm. If they're too enmeshed, they will try to break away from that and mm-hmm. rebel. Yeah. If they are too disengaged, then there's no real attachment yeah. to the family. I'm not sure I'm answering your question, but... No, I think that's... Okay. That's that's helpful. So, how how do they how does a parent create that kind of understanding, or where do they go to get help for this? Well, a couple things. One, it really depends on their relationship to God. So, right. if they if their identity is in in God rather than in the family, if if their identity is in the family rather than in God, in God, then they need that 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 loyalty from the family members to keep reinforcing their identity mm-hmm. and their significance. Um, so first and foremost is their relationship to God and understanding what their stewardship is before God. The other thing is just um, to get help from uh, friends and um, other other uh, um members of the church who can really help yeah, them yeah. think that through and they can they help them uh, get the right perspective on that uh, and can direct them toward other sources that can help them begin to understand. Because if they come from one of those extremes in, in their own families, mm-hmm. then they'll likely uh, parent their family the same way. Yeah, And so they need some help in changing that mindset and changing their natural reflexes. So, yeah, that's good. So walk with God and get help from godly people along the way. Yes. That's Uh great. So thank you so much, Nathan, for your input in this whole series. It's been a tremendous help, and I'm grateful for it. Good. Glad to help. Thanks. Well, I hope that was a help. Uh, to you, that was packed full. I know that was uh, quite a few minutes, but that was packed full of, of very interesting, again, dynamics. And even the dysfunction, again, you can kind of see how these roles and these circles impact each other. But I, I just quickly want to summarize uh, what Nathan shared because it's, it's very helpful. And the spectrum of family circles. We have the disengaged. Uh, there's a little closeness, little loyalty, high independence. Uh, there's the separated low to moderate closeness, some loyalty and interdependent. Then you have the connected, that's moderate to high closeness, high loyalty, interdependent. And then you have this enmeshed, very high closeness, very high loyalty and high dependency. Now with that, you have this issue of these circles that each kind of have a different impact on each other. But the way that this plays out is in the area of of responsibility. And the basic goal for parenting, uh, for Christ followers, is to develop you know, kids that can handle life and handle their responsibilities and what they've been given in a way that, that pleases God. That's the role. How do we, as parents, grow in our responsibilities as citizens, as roommates, as friends? We, we all have responsibilities. How do we handle that well? And then as we're training younger generation, how do we help them uh, do the same thing? 
A responsibility is actually uh, what develops us. A responsibility is what develops our kids. And God uses that as a tool uh, to help us. Uh, as kids grow, if you're a parent, you really want them to grow in their, their kind of bearing of that responsibility. And so we're going to talk about a scripture that gives us a sense of how do we, uh, with that area of responsibility and learning how to help and then how to allow the people that we're training to stand on their two feet, how, how do we kind of uh, do what's right in each situation? Now, anytime you talk about relationships, it's easy to kind of try to get scientific like a formula, like everything needs to happen like this. If you do that, it, it leads to frustration. Why? Because we're, we're unpredictable. Even if you have more of a type A personality, uh, life isn't type A, right? Like all sorts of things can flow that you didn't see coming, you didn't plan for. And so in parenting and in our relationships as we relate to our extended family, I want you to think of this more in, in terms of this is an art. There's timing and procedure for conversations, for moments and opportunities as, as they arise. And the scripture, again, is our guide. But we need God's help, and how, and how do we apply it in the situation, and what do we say and not say? So let's read the scripture, and then I kind of want to unpack uh, what it means for us to do. Uh, Galatians 6, verses 1 through 5, it says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he could take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Now, as I read this passage, it can kind of seem like it contradicts itself. On one side, it's like bear each other's burdens. And then at the end, it's but carry your own load. It seems like it's, it's double talk. Well, the issue is there's times as we're relating to people, whether it's our kids, extended family, roommates, friends, coworkers, where there's an opportunity for us to help where well, we want to take uh, what we can of a burden off of people while they cannot bear that burden themselves. But then there's also a time where we can't take the burden because they do need to bear it. And so that's what this passage uh, is, is talking about. We help until people can bear uh, their responsibility again. Uh, the reason I bring this up is in family life, it's very easy, especially for parents and even grandparents, is you may want to take the burden off of your kids or those you're helping, no matter what age, and it's not helpful to them. Maybe there's a problem that they've gotten themselves into, and that problem is something they, they need to actually feel a little bit. There's a sense of like, you learn. I know in my own life, I learn when I can see and feel the consequences of my decision. Uh, if there's never like that learning from pain, we tend to make the same decisions over again. And so part of this dynamic is learning that there are times where I try to rescue where maybe I shouldn't. Because if I rescue, I'm actually not helping them uh, be responsible, responsible and, and learning to, to bear uh, their own. Now, the other side can be true as well. There could be a sense of like, we do need to help. Because the person just, they, they can't manage, they can't deal, they're crushed. And that won't help them either. So again, that's that, that art versus the science. And this passage uh, speaks to that. So let's kind of unpack what these five verses uh, speak to us. And that, that's what I encourage you to do. As you read a passage, it's easy to read it like a textbook, like I did the assignment, and is there a test, is there a quiz, and then you move on. Uh, but the scripture is a sense like you, you read it, like Galatians 6, 1 through 5. And then you want to go back and you want to kind of look at each section. And the sections are, there's chapters and there's verses. 
So that's what we're going to do this morning. Here's some principles for relating responsibly in family life. And we're going to look at each of those verses. Again, look at the focus. It's on responsibly. This idea of how do we handle our responsibilities well, no matter the role that we have. And how will that impact each person? So let's start. The first verse. Here's the principle. If they're caught in sin, uh, restore them. This is just speaking to the dynamic of life and the problems that we have. And that's sin. Uh, All of us have it. All of us uh, deal with the consequences of it. All of us choose it on a regular basis. That is doing our own thing according to our own standard of morality. And most of the time, that's just disregarding God, his principles. And that's what the scripture calls rebellion. We go our own way. Now, we don't think of ourselves as rebels a lot. You might. But for the most part, we, we just try to do what we're supposed to do. But, but sin uh, has plagued us all. We're all rebels in the sight of God. The reason I bring that up is that impacts family life, right? The sin that we do or others do in our relationships, even outside of the home, sin impacts it. And so there's a sense of where people can get caught in sin. And that's what the scriptures uh, say. It says, if someone is caught in a sin, uh, we're, we're supposed to help them. Now, the word caught uh, in the Greek literally means to learn something by surprise. There's a sense of like life can hit us and we make a choice and it was not the right choice. Or we were supposed to be responsible and we ran from our responsibility. Maybe we were lazy. Maybe we just ignored it and that's costing us. It's like, oh, that cost me. I didn't see that coming. Uh, that can happen to, to all of us. But the passage also says not only... Uh, should we help those caught that are surprised? Um, but we should restore uh, them, them gently. Now, the word restore there in the Greek, that's the New Testament, what it's written in. Uh, it's the word for setting uh, the bones or for mending fishing nets. So there's just, again, the sense of like all of us make decisions that we regret. We maybe say something we shouldn't have and we do something that we knew was wrong and we moved forward anyways. We didn't quite even understand the implications of a choice that we made, and it just starts to blow up around us. The idea of, of healthy relationships is there's people who come and, and help with the healing of maybe the things that we've done wrong, like the, the setting the bones right so the growth of the body can continue. You know, if you break a bone and it's not set right, it will never function in the same way. That's why you get it cast so it's stabilized. There's a sense of the scripture is saying is like when you're in a relationship with somebody and they are struggling, we have a duty to, to help them. And some of the time it's just to, to pray for an opportunity like this person is struggling and God, will you help me to, to talk to them about it? But here's the issue. If, if somebody's caught in a sin and they don't want help, you can't help them. Why? Well, have you ever had somebody help you and give you advice when you've not asked for it? That's unsolicited advice. There's just a sense if somebody's caught in something and they don't want the help, it's very difficult for them to hear what you have to say. This summarizes so much of the parenting child dynamic. So really, we got to pray. If we see this, there's a pattern of sin and somebody just seems caught in it. And you could see all oh, stuff is, is breaking and there's, there's holes in their life. Like think of that, that fishing net. Before you can mend the net, before you can set the bone, they really need to ask for help. So you want to stay close You want to pray uh, to the Lord uh, for help. Now, as a parent in in family life, uh, we really do have a role uh, to coach our kids, to point out patterns that we see. 
so they can bear responsibility. And again, that's an art. We need to pray that God gives us the heart of our kids to help them. Uh, we need to pray that, that we can express kindness to our kids that kind of opens them up for instruction. It's easy to just see problems, see problems, identify, tell our kids what they need to be doing better. But this is this idea of like, you know, gently restore them. Set the brokenness. Mend the holes in the net. Like, make sure that they know that that you're for them. That's helpful for parents. It's helpful for any relationship that we have. So there's a sense we want to restore people in the brokenness. That's one of the roles that we can have in the circles of our relationship. The second principle is found in verse 2, and that is love is carrying another's load when they can't. Verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, the law of Christ is the law of love. And every week of this series, love has been centrally weaved through each sermon. That's because that is the core of relationships. And that is the law of Christ. It's love. And he demonstrated his love, the scriptures say, by he dying for us. Like even though we were sinners, right? We were rebels. He came to us. He rescued us. And that is love. It's the sacrificial action that we take on behalf of somebody else. That's the law of Christ. And this love, what we've talked about in the series, it sets the right temperature, the right atmosphere in the home. And there's a sense of like the way that you love is not just by saying, I love you. But when you see somebody that, that's struggling, there's that restoration. I want to help you. I'm here for you. But then there's this time where like, what can I do? You ask, like, what can I do to help you? How can I relieve the weight that you're experiencing? And that might not just be sin. It could just be they're overwhelmed by life and stress. And we've certainly seen this over this last year. So many people overwhelmed. I've been overwhelmed. You've been overwhelmed. And we all need people that come and say, how, how can I help? How can I lift that burden off of you? That's a way that you, in your relationship, can have a profound impact on those around you. The third, so as you help people and carry their load, the third principle is really helpful, and it's this. Choose humility as you carry it. So you're carrying somebody else's load for a while, like a burden. Could be a responsibility. You're you're stepping in to, to help. And the scriptures say, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This is a crucial dynamic in relationships. It's the sense of we do things a lot and no one can really know, but we know our motives. The scripture is speaking of motive here. That is, why are you helping? Are you doing that so you are getting the attention or you will get the praise or people will notice you? Again, we don't say this, but all this stuff is happening beneath the surface of our heart. So the scripture, it cuts right to the heart. Check your motives. Ask yourself the question, am I doing this in a way to help this person? Or is this about me? We can get very backwards in our approach. So choose humility as you help, as you carry the burdens of others. Fourth, don't compare as you help. Comparison shows up in any relationship. And this is why the scripture says in verse four, each one should test his own actions. Again, that's speaking to uh, the motive. The way that you do that is you just check your genuineness. You, you have to examine, you have to ask yourself questions. You may even get help from others, like where you can ask, you know, when I'm doing this, I'm not quite sure, like there's a mixed bag. I, I don't really know 
my motivation, can you help me see? And they can ask questions. They can maybe draw uh, some of that out. And so you just ask yourself the question, maybe get feedback. Um, But the idea is, okay, it's easy as I'm carrying this burden. Maybe I'm not thinking I'm, you know, greater than the other people, but it's really easy. And this happens in family life as well. I'm the one that always is doing all the work. This can happen in uh, marriage. This can happen in parenting. This can happen in the workplace. The sense of like, I'm carrying the load of so many other people. Why is that person not carrying their load? And why is that person not carrying the load? Now, some of that is right. Again, there's that balance. Each person needs to carry its own load. We'll get to that in a moment. But once you get into comparison, that restoration and that love, it, it just evaporates because now the motives are all twisted up. And we all, we all have to keep those in check. We can have a noble motive and then 30 seconds later, we can get into comparison. Or we can get into pride. So we always have to check our heart. So I'm thankful the scripture says that. And then finally, here it is. The goal is to be responsible for yourself. And the scripture says, each should carry his own load. Here's what's so interesting. If you're taking the burdens of other people, there may be a season you need to do that. But as you take the burdens of other people, have you ever helped somebody else and then realized that you've not handled your own responsibilities? I've seen that in my own life. It's easy for me to look, how can I help this person? How can I help? And then I come home and I'm like, oh man, when was the last time I did yard work? When was the last time I really sat with my finances and talked with Samantha, my wife, and we we did the hard work of how do we be faithful with what what God's given us? And you know, as a leader of the church, uh, this is true for me just like it's true for you. It's so easy. We can focus externally on all these other people, what they need to do and how we can help. And sometimes we just neglect our own responsibilities. And so if you feel that in your life, like these things are beginning to unravel, take a step back and say, you know, am I carrying anyone's burdens that I shouldn't be? And then am I carrying my own? Like, am I really uh, having a strong grip on my responsibilities? Am I being faithful? That's actually a great a question uh, to ask. Now, for parents, I want to speak specifically to you, especially uh, for parents of younger kids. Now, when you get older, this circle of relationship, as your kids get older, uh, you, you now have to uh, shift from this, like, I'm training you and I'm guiding you and I'm parenting you to, to really, I'm, I'm coaching you as you ask for it. And I'm cheering you on and I'm praying for you, but it's, it's a lot more hands off. If not, then you're probably getting into a little bit more of that enmeshed and you're still trying to parent adult kids. Uh, That's very dangerous. One for you because you're carrying a burden you shouldn't. And it's very dangerous for them because they're not carrying a burden they should. And that dynamic appears again and again. But if you're a parent of younger kids, your goal is, is to train them to carry their own load. Now, it has to be age appropriate. But I remember at an early age, I kept thinking with my boys especially, they need to be strong. They need to be strong young men. They need to learn how to do hard things. And so at about the age of three, I began having my son help uh, with just some yard work, just so he gets a sense of the toil of weeds and how to pull them and how to, to mow. And as he got older, I handed more of that responsibility off. And that's good. We, they need to bear responsibility. The scriptures, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not uh, depart from it. So there's these training years. 
And training happens a lot of times way younger than we think. Kids understand a lot more than we give them credit for. I, I remember the first time with my daughter when she was young and we gave her uh, a specific instruction and she had a, a tray table of food and she loved to take the food and just throw it off the, the tray table. Now when you're her age, uh, I don't know, she's probably nine months, a year, uh, that just seems like this is great. I got my food and I have the freedom to throw it. But if somebody prepares you that food and the people responsible for keeping the house somewhat clean, that actually, there, there's now like, you could see the rub in the relationship. And so um, I was thinking, does she understand? And I was kind of questioning myself. And I just said, Katie, you don't throw the food off the tray. And she, you know, just held the food out, looked at me, and just dropped it. And at that moment, I thought, she knows exactly what she's doing. It was, like was kind of like a showdown, like, really? I'm gonna do this. And then as a parent, well, what do I do now? But there's a sense of like, those training years from a very young age, uh, they need to learn boundaries, they need to learn how to obey quickly, uh, they need to learn what it means to be kind, how to clear up relationships when they're not, they need to learn um, how to respect authority, uh, all of these things. And that's why we, we do parenting workshops and things to, to help you with that. But that training, notice, the training happens at a young age, and then it continues on. But the training doesn't continue on with the parent training their kids. It continues on within your children. So the more you train at a younger age, and the more you model, and you example, and you do what's right, and they're paying attention, they're watching what you do, not just what you say, your parenting and that training goes on for the rest of their life. And what God does is he uses that. He uses parents to shape uh, children. That's the goal. We do, we're to raise them, train them up. Why? So they don't depart from it. So they, they learn to relate to God. They trust God. And they learn that within this loving atmosphere of the family. And then as they face um, a college professor that says there is no God and God's not real, they have a sense, actually, he is real. Because when I was in fifth grade, I saw God come through in my family because we needed his help with an emergency. And we prayed and God answered. And the way that they knew that is because the family talked about the emergency. The family talked about, we need to ask God for help. And then they saw him come through. I don't know if you knew this, but two-thirds of Christian, Christians who grew up in a Bible-believing church, they go to college. And by the end of their freshman year, two-thirds are no longer identified as Christians. They walk away. This is huge. The church is losing young adults. And I believe it's happening because of the training that's happening at the younger age. So this is so important. Now in the game of life, right, the goal is to retire, to get the home, to get the resources. But actually in the real game of life, it is at an older age, you, you still fear God. You still do what's right. You love people. You make your life about what God wants. That's the real result and objective of life. Proverbs 29, 17, it says, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. There's this training ground like I've been talking about. And notice the discipline. That's, that's correction. It's really like to rebuke. Like you're teaching them this is the right way and this is the wrong way. I'm not gonna let you just feel your way out of it. I'm gonna be clear. I want you to make Jesus happy. You have to do what's right. And then notice, 
in the end, they, they will give you peace. I think some of the most uh, just tumultuous relationships and the people that struggle the most are parents whose kids uh, have just gone off and made terrible decisions. And that can happen to, to any of us. But there's a sense of like, God, help us in the circle to help our kids to bear the responsibility, to be faithful what they've been given, help us to, to discipline and train. And God, more than anything, help us to model. One of my mentors says, uh, speaking of kind of the, the husband and wife teaming, he says, you know, most kids believe what their moms believe. And you see that. It's like you talk to people, I meet adults all the time and I ask them about their religious background. And it's always like, yeah, my mom taught me this. My mom uh, took us to this church or my mom helped us in this area. And they're struggling in their life because most kids believe what their moms believe. But guess what? Most kids do what their dads do. That makes sense. The, the father is actually given the role as the leader of the family. So what kids are doing is like, where is dad leading us? And where he's leading us, that's what I'm going to do. Do you know how many times those circles of relationships impact? It's like the sense of like just kids just end up on the same path. And it's not just maybe the, the man or the woman, but there's a sense of like, it makes a difference how you parent. And the promise is if you, if you instruct in the ways of God and you get help when you need it and you reach out and you ask questions and you keep working on growing yourself, that's what this church is all about. We want to help you grow. Then your kids will actually live life in reality. If they learn to live life God's way, they'll, they'll be blessed. I want to close out with just a story from my own life. And my parents uh, were not perfect by any means. And I was not perfect. I had my own uh, phases of rebellion in my own life. And my parents prayed and they continually helped and guide. And uh, they really got me around church community in my life. And my life's different because of their investment. And they disciplined me and they expected me to, to obey. And I knew what was at stake if, if I didn't. And so I so appreciate that. But as I was engaged to be married to my wife, Samantha, I remember having a conversation with my mom. And we were just dealing with some boundaries and uh, the struggle. Of, I could tell that she was struggling with me. Uh, I was becoming kind of an independent man. I was graduating college and I was going to be married. And, and she's trying to figure out of her role and just getting some counsel, I decided to have a conversation with her. And I just said, Mom, I thank you for your investment in my life and you and Dad, how you helped and guided and counseled me. Uh, you, you have done a great job. But your job as it has stood since I was born is, is now done. Now I am a responsible adult. I'm a man. And... I want you to be involved in my life, but I now have to stand on my own two feet. Uh, I was feeling the pressure just as a man, like what am I supposed to do and how am I supposed to make decisions? And I was getting advice from all sorts of different people, including my parents. And there was just a sense where it wasn't bad advice, but I needed to make decisions, not really as, as a boy anymore. Like I was a man. And that conversation has greatly helped. And that's that, that idea of parents like your job is to be done right like that parenting and training it finishes and and then it's over in fact a lot of times by the age of 10 there's stuff already set in our kids so if you think about that the first 10 years are crucial it's like concrete that's just slowly drying over a decade 
And so I, I want to encourage you. We've talked a lot in this series. You can uh, re- you know, re-listen to anything that you've missed on our podcast or our YouTube channel. But start with this sense of like, God, I, I want to keep growing. And I want to keep uh, focused on this atmosphere of love. You may not know where to start. Reach out to us on your connection card. Let us know where you're stuck, where you need prayer. And, and we want to come alongside you. Uh, this isn't general. It can be very specific. And so we want to help any way that we can. So, so reach out. As I close out, here's some, some next steps. Uh, the first is just give yourself a test. That's what the scripture uh, talks about. And the question is, are you helping for the right reasons or for what you are getting from it? Uh, and then the, another question, should you help them right now? That's a really good question. Is this something that I should take, this burden, this responsibility, or do they need to bear it? I encourage you to ask that. And then the second is review the extra handouts from this series and do uh, any of the activities you miss. We have these, these extra handouts that summarize each message. This is just a good reminder uh, for you. And so I encourage you uh, to check that out. So we are wrapped up officially uh, this series. Next week, July 4th, Sunday, uh, I'm going to do a standalone message called In God We Trust. And if you've been just curious of why is our country where they are, where are we headed, what do I do about all these problems, uh, I'm going to spend a Sunday just talking about uh, what our country is about and then What's our role, uh, not only as American citizens, but what's our role as Christ followers in this country that we've been given? And so I hope you'll join us next week for that message, In God We Trust. Uh, In the meantime, we hope you have a great week. Uh, Let me pray for us. God, thank you for your love and goodness and the help that you bring. We do thank you for just our country and the freedoms that we have. And as we enter into this next week of celebrating just Independence Day, will you just give us the right perspective of our role as citizens in this country? And just in our family life, God, help us to focus on our next steps, how we can really commit to love and setting the right atmosphere. And I just pray for anyone who's struggling in their family that you'll give them hope right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.